Pattern Podcast. Make left traffic, clear for the option. I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Brad. And I'm Mark. And we are the In the Pattern Podcast. Welcome to episode 16 of In the Pattern Podcast. Uh, this is Chris. Along with me tonight is uh, Brad and Mark. I'm sorry, John. Mark's not able to make it uh, right now. Maybe he'll be able to jump in before we finish this one. Like I said, this is episode 16, and we've got a gazillion things to talk about. Uh, we'll probably be doing episode 17 tonight as well. Um, but for now, we're going to start off with... Uh, my failure to complete a check ride, and then we're going to move on to Oshkosh, and then probably break there and then uh, start up episode 17. So hopefully we can make it through this. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to be flying in the morning, so I got to get some sleep here pretty soon because I got to get up at five. Anyways, what else has uh, been going on with you guys? It's been it feels like forever that we've been doing this, <laughs> or I mean, forever since we've done our last one. Even though it hasn't been that yeah, long right. since, well, I've seen you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even that, even even Oshkosh for me seems seems like it's been a long time, and it, it was only That's... two weeks ago, right? Now it's getting close to a month. That's about three weeks. Yeah, yeah, three weeks now. That's right. I forgot. I yeah. I missed a vacation in there. When in my <laughs> in thing. my head. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. It's been a it's been a busy couple of months for me. A lot of things going on. So, anyways, um, based on popular demand, I guess I will uh, go over my check ride. Uh, it's a somewhat popular t- topic that uh, a lot of people want to know about that weren't uh, at Oshkosh to hear it uh, live or make it make it hey, on Potapalooza. I, I didn't even hear it live. Yeah, what was up with that? <laughs> we got done. You're like, well, oh, did you go over it? <laughs> so that was funny. So somebody handed me a little too much weed, Jeremiah weed that night. <sighs> a little too much weed. Yeah. Is that what you and, said? Uh, yes. The, so, so I, I at the end of Potapalooza was doing pretty well and definitely missed the entire segment of Chris talking about his check ride. Oh yeah. Well, we'll have to. When we get into that, we'll get into that a little bit more. But I, I, I distinctly remember you even before Potapalooza. Remember it was raining? We went back to the um, tent. And in that, I think that's where you started with the gin. And then we went to Potapalooza. I had a gin and tonic. <laughs> and, and, and then I had a Jeremiah weed and a couple beers and some wine. And yeah. It was a party in John's stomach. Definitely. <laughs> Anyways, my. So, well. Miserable check ride. Uh, miserable. Miserable. Get to fly again. Oh, I don't even like that excuse. Um, all right, so so here it goes. Um, I let me try and think how this thing went. Oh, okay. So so I scheduled it for a Saturday and a Sunday. So Saturday, or maybe it was a Friday and a Saturday. Either way, it was a back to back day to where like. 
in the evening, I did the uh, uh, the, ver- the oral part, the verbal um, portion of the check ride, and uh, and then the next day I was to do the uh, the flying part. And to be honest with you, I thought in my head I was way more nervous for the face to face, you know, face to face oral verbal whatever you want to call it testing section. Um, uh, but that wasn't quite as bad as I'd all had planned in my head, I guess. Um, I think we all told you that. Yeah, I still wasn't real comfortable, and I didn't think I did real well. Um, but she was, you know, pretty forgiving in that area at least. And it went three and a half hours, and I still am, am sure we didn't cover a lot of it. It felt like you know you, you don't. There's a lot that is missing in that. Yeah, I guess that didn't. Now it was about like an hour of that going over your logbooks and everything. Yeah, yeah, the logbooks and the and um, the uh, stuff for the plane. Air, yeah, the airport. aircraft logs. Yeah, exactly. So that was a good a good portion of it. So, anyways, got done with that. I was all excited about that. Tweeted out to the world. Everybody was real thrilled. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then I, I show up uh, the next morning, six a.m. for uh, the check ride, the flying portion of it. And um, I was all ready to impress her. <laughs> but uh, so we go out and and uh, do the uh, walk around of the aircraft, uh, and do the inspection and everything, and and that looks good. Um, we uh, got inside, did a little passenger passenger brief, you know, and um, I've I've got the check checklist in my left hand as usual, um, flipping on switches, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, with my right hand as I'm going through it. And uh, Brad, you fly an Archer, right? Correct. Do you have a push button start? It's or key, no key. It's Archer I have a two. Key. Archer two. Key start. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's an Archer two. Okay. Um, either way, it really doesn't matter. I, I, and, and Brad, uh, you're a good resource to have on here and any other archer flying pilots out there. Um, I tend to have the, the checklist of my left hand. I'm doing everything with my right, right? And so things go wrong from the minute I start the plane. And this is what I mean by that. Um, you, you bring the throttle up. Uh, you, you, on the left-hand side of the actual stick, the throttle, it says the word throttle, T-H-R-O-T-T-L-E, Right. And I bring it up to um, the first T. That's our starting point. And and um, I have the uh, uh, mixture set uh, to the to the first uh, letter or for the on the letter T also for mixture because we don't actually set the mixture at full rich. It's back down oh, you a little don't. bit. Uh-uh, it's back down okay. a little bit. And maybe it's because altitude. It, it might be altitude, and, and it could be heat, and our heat definitely. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, we even do so it in the do winter. Do you have that like, way. like you're you're not the push in and out throttle? It's like an actual lever. Yeah, it's a quadrant, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a T. I, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, how do you push it into the T? There's no like. It's a. <laughs> That's. I'm sorry. Right, I got you. Guys, know. I swear. It doesn't. Have I'm sorry, vernier. man. It doesn't <laughs> have the vernier style controls, right? I'm like, we push it in a half. A quarter inch, and that's where we start. I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's a, there's a little console or whatever you want to call it that okay. comes out from the from the actual dash, and that's the little yeah quadrant. And but for us, you know, it's just a mixture and a and a throttle. So, anyways, um, all set. Um, keep in mind um, uh, the checklist on my left hand. I reach up with my right hand. I prime it. See, we have an overhead panel in the Archer Three. There's an overhead panel where all my switches are. 
and also to the left, the first first two buttons to the left is start and prime. Prime at three seconds, press the starter, it turns over. Engine's running. And she freaks out. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! And she pulls back the throttle and the mixture to zero. This could be a failure right here, she says, in her German accent. Little Bruni. <sighs> Brunhilde. Um, she's uh, yelling at me in her German accent. This could be a failure right here. You never, ever, ever... Start the plane without your hand on the throttle. And she's yelling at me. She's like, the engine could be surging. And I'm like going, I, I, yeah, but I do have the brakes on, you know. I'm full. I, it does not matter. It could be surging. So we go back and forth here for a few minutes. And from that second forward, I'm rattled. Um, I'm, this is the way I've started this plane the last, I don't know, 60 or 70 times I've started it. It just is. And my instructors never said anything different to me. Brad, how say you? Um, so I know exactly what you're talking about, right? You've, you're, you're generally you're holding the checklist in your left hand and you're moving your way down the items because everything, pretty much everything that you need to work with and manipulate is on your right side, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And so, and for the for the archer that I fly or the warrior that I did my primary work in, um, actually, in all the Club Cherokee planes. There's a key, and it's off to the left of the yoke, mm -hmm. um, below the below the yoke, probably three inches and a little bit to its left. Mm -hmm. And the first time I went to start it, I had the checklist in my left hand, and I reached under the yoke to start it with my right hand. <gasps> and my instructor slapped me on the arm and said, "Put your hand on the yoke, put down the checklist, and start the thing." <laughs> and after that, it put your hand on the, the put your hand on the throttle. Uh, on the throttle, yeah. rather, yeah, not on the yoke, and and so s ever since that happened, it became you know the next several times I went to start the plane, I would reach over and I'm like, no, this doesn't feel right, and I would put it down, start it with my left hand, with my right hand on the throttle, mm -hmm. and um, for, for a right-handed person, it would feel weird to turn the key with your left hand. I could see that. It not anymore. It, yeah, I bet. yeah, you get you get used to it. It feels much weirder to be reaching across your body yeah. with you know with your arms kind of crossed, and it's it's a very awkward position. Um, so yeah, he did he did happen to to tell me that, uh, and so that was the way that I learned it. And it 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 really until some point this year. I still would I would have the checklist in my hand and I would be getting ready to start it. And I'm like, oh, I just got to put the checklist down and mm -hmm. and and do the do the procedure. Right. Um, but you know, then you memorize the the rest of the checklist of you know check the oil pressure. Okay, and now go pick the checklist back up again and and start yeah. doing what you have to do. That's essentially what I do, except um, with the plane that I fly, you actually have your hand on the mixture. Um, because it's fuel injected the way you, you start it. Cause you got to put the fuel pump on for positive, um, fuel flow, throw it off, um, pull the mixture out, twist it in, um, do three half turns on the mixture. And then literally you're starting with your, your left hand, start the key on start. As soon as the, the engine catches, you need to full rich on the mixture. Hmm. So we're actually on mixture and key, and then as soon as I get the mixture in, as long as once the engine's running good, then I'll I'll put my hand on the throttle to adjust back to a thousand RPM. But we always start with the hand on the mixture because as soon as it catches, we got to put full mixture, full rich. Yeah, and I've always started at full rich, um, and that's we and, can't, and especially when it's cold, 
Um, you, we will start on full rich with about eight primes and with the carb heat on. Any, well, so you have a carburetor. Yeah, anything that you can do to rich in that mixture when it's cold, mm. you have to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't want to pump, pump the throttle when you're trying to get it to, to, to catch um, because then you'll start a fire. But um, anything else that you can do to rich in the mixture, we, we try to do when it's cold. But anyway, we're getting pretty far from Chris's story. Yeah. So, so anyways, um, um, I grabbed because after I start it, usually then I put my hand on the on the mixture, but I didn't get it there fast enough apparently. Um, and then you know she goes on to tell me I am the only person in history that she's ever seen do this. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> That's a boost. I'm the freaking idiot when it comes to starting a plane apparently, um, and I, I'm not really sure how that is because I'm not the first student that uh, uh, my CFI has sent to her. Uh, she sends everybody to her, and Jackie you know, trains out of this archer quite a bit. I mean, other people fly other planes too, but I mean, she sent a few other people with, art, with that archer too. So she's, you know, uh, Bruni's uh, checked out people in this, in this plane that I fly. So I don't know. I just don't know why that... Um, if Brunhilde is so dead set on on that, that um, Jackie's not teaching it that way to us, or at least has not corrected me. Um, she did you have I, a chance to go over that with her afterwards? No, with your I will CFI? be. I will be tomorrow for the first time. Okay. Since then, and I will be uh, talking to her about that among uh, a couple other things. Um, so, anyways, um, we get past that, and. Uh, um, we go ahead and and, uh, and uh, taxi down to take off and so forth and uh, and we take off um, and uh, as I'm going uh, downwind and this is just again how I've done it all the time and it's not say it's the wrong way or the right way it's just the way I've always done it um, I stay at TPA while I'm in the pattern um, until I'm outside the pattern and then I climb and you know to my um, well, climb until I'm to the altitude I need to be at based on my uh, flight plan. Um, so anyway, she she says she goes, we're on a cross country, aren't we? I'm like, yeah. She goes, well, why aren't we climbing? I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's just I've always just stayed in the pa- at the pattern uh, altitude TPA until I've left the left the pattern and then I climb. And she's like, well, there's no reason for that. We can climb. I'm like, all right. So there's two things in like less than five minutes that I've already done that she's not real thrilled about. And because of that, um, it throws me off a little bit. And I, uh, although I, I'm seeing my checkpoint, um, like my first checkpoint was when I was a beam Lake Pleasant. I'm, I see that. I mark it down. I'm on, I'm on the heading that I chose. Um, my next checkpoint is a uh, is a – a track, um, a um, what do you call it? Um, uh, it's it's like the Volvo Proving Grounds, I believe, is what it is. And uh, I'm at the I'm at the um, Proving Grounds. I mark it off. Um, but as we keep going, I'm I'm not. You know, she, she lets me know that we're not on we're not on course, and that's because um, I waited too long to turn on course after I. Uh, after I got out of the pattern, I should have turned on course sooner, but we were sitting there having a discussion back and forth about 
you know, TPA and climbing and this and that, whatever. And so I got turned to my heading a little bit too late. So the second, so that uh, that track that I saw was actually a different proving grounds altogether. Because there, there's like oh. there's like three proving grounds out in the out in this northwest practice area that we fly out a lot. There was two of them, and um, and I was next to the other one, which was about three miles to the south. So I was on the right right heading. I was just three miles south, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that was doing to me was getting me kind of close to, um, um, a Luke Air Force Base's, uh, restricted area. And even though I was on, uh, I was on the radio with Luke Air Force uh, Base, I was on with Luke Approach the whole time. So as soon as I left Deer Valley, I called Luke Approach and then I'm on with them. I got a squat code, etc. Uh, but what I'm doing, I'm heading towards Wickenburg and because I'm too far to the south, you know, things just got a little screwy. Um, but anyways, I got turned back on course and headed over to Wickenburg. Um, and uh, uh, call, call Wickenburg traffic and tell them I'm coming in, etc. I'm going to do a – I'm going to be landing, and I tell them what runway. And just so happens someone else is getting ready to take off, but they're going to take off the opposite runway that I said. Um, but I go ahead and, and overfly the field. And um, and like do a, a 180 to make sure this guy has a chance to get off. I'm not going to be um, in his way or he's not going to be in my way. Uh, go ahead and enter back in, into uh, the pattern and start making my descent uh, for my – and I'm supposed to be doing a um, short field landing. So she gives me a uh, – she gives me a point on the ground and, um, you know, she said, you know, you, you have – 200 feet in order to uh, to put the wheels down after that point, and um, I pretty much blow it. And she goes, "Okay, we'll just call that one a regular landing." Let's and uh, and she she asked me if I want to if I want to continue, and I'm like, "Yeah, I want to. Let me give me another chance. I can do it." So we get back up there, and it's just I got a little bit of a crosswind, and it, and just it's and it's allowing me to float too much, and I and I kind of missed it the second time, not so much better. So I'm like. Like three for three on screwing things up, um, and uh, my mind just really wasn't in it at that point. And so, anyways, we take back off, and I do some other things. I do uh, my hood work, which was I thought was going to be a problem, and that and that was fine. Um, I was I did good underneath the hood. Um, we did a uh, um, what else? Um, just uh, just some general uh, navigating where am I at on the map type of thing at this point. Um, also, you know, she cut the throttle and uh, uh, did an emergency uh, descent, or not an emergency descent, but you know, uh, um, she said, "Okay, you, you know, you got no engine." I, but you know what? Here's where I messed up in my head. I'm I'm so far. I, my problem is that I keep thinking about all the things that I've screwed up at this point, and I'm kind of behind the plane because I'm not thinking ahead i'm thinking behind and so she pulls the throttle and instead of just pitching for 76 knots i actually grab the checklist and start <laughs> reading it in order to because i'm thinking in my head she wants me to do what the checklist says and then after i do that i thought she don't want me to do what the checklist says she wants me to know what the checklist is already and so i put it down and then, you know but by, by that time i've already lost like 500 feet i shouldn't have um but i go ahead and I still was able to uh, um, 
get it lined up with a suitable landing area and would have, would have been able to make a safe landing anyways. Anyways, we, we um, give it gas and get back into the air and, and, and start going again. And I almost forget what else we did. I did a couple other things, a couple other maneuvers. That was, that was fine. Oh, I know. It was slow flight and stalls. Uh, power on, power off stalls, and this was funny. Um, oh, also, wh- this was the other thing, and if she does it next time, I swear I'm going to slap her hands because I forgot I'm actually pilot in charge here. She's just a uh, passenger. Um, <laughs> and what I mean by that is that when I'm flying, I don't have it all the way to the firewall, and the reason is there's about an inch of slop in in the um, in, in the throttle to where you can move it back and forth and it really doesn't change the RPM at all. There's just a little you know, slop in the in the uh, line where it doesn't do anything. She goes, why aren't we going? And she grabs the throttle and moves it forward. And I grabbed it again and moved it back and forth. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm wiggling the, the throttle back and forth. I go, because this doesn't do anything. And that's how I said it to her because I was at that point just a little irritated to say the least. I go. There's a little slack or a slop in the in the in the linkage or whatever, and this doesn't do anything. So I just uh, uh, prefer to have it right here. This is full throttle for this airplane. She goes, oh, okay. Um, I don't think she should have grabbed the throttle while I'm flying the plane. Um, we didn't ever have no positive control or positive exchange of controls or anything like that. She just grabs it and slams it forward. Um, what else? Um, oh, so we're doing um, we're doing we're doing stalls. So I'm pulling back, I'm pulling back, I'm pulling back. I get the stall horn, and then I ease it forward and um, and give it a little throttle and come out of it and uh, and and fly straight and level. And she's like, "That wasn't a stall." I'm like, "Okay, well we can do it again." So we do it more, and then it's just screaming ass. You know, the plane won't go left or right or dip or anything. It just does that, right? You've did stalls in the Archer, Brad. You're, you know how it is. It's just like you got a nose-up attitude, and you're dropping with a nose-up attitude, and it doesn't fall to the left or the right. I- yeah, it, 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 it really is very docile. It'll start to break, right? You'll, hear the, you'll feel the rumble, and the, you'll start to lose altitude, but it won't. It, an Archer or any of the Cherokee variants just will not break left or right. Uh, I, I thought that was kind of weird that this isn't something that she's very familiar with. She's had, she's been doing this since the seventies or something. I, or let's see, maybe the late seventies or early eighties. She's been a DPE for more than thirty years. Yeah. So, and so you have the stick all the way back. Yeah, I've got stick full aft, and it's just squealing at me. I'm like, this is it. It won't, you know, it. it and you're like less than 40 knots, you know, and it's right. just yelling at you and stuff. So I'm like, here it is. This is as stalled as it gets. And then I put the nose forward and take back off again. She goes, okay. Um, so I do a power on, power off stalls. Those are all good. Um, but uh, at no point, she she said to me a, a, a several times, do you want to continue? And by several, I mean like three times. Do you want to continue? At no time did she ever say, okay, at this point, um, I'm failing you on your check ride, and if you would like to continue with other maneuvers so we don't have to redo them next time, we can. She just said, do you want to continue? So at one point, I said to her, I go, well, at this point, 
if you are considering me failed, then yes, I would just like rather go back to Deer Valley. And, and she goes, okay, yes, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, okay. So I had to literally ask her to say the words to me. Um, I thought yeah. they were supposed to say um, something to the fact that you're failed at this point. But I never got those words out of her mouth until I asked her. All I heard her say was, do you want to continue? Well, heck, yes, I want to continue. I, I didn't come here to quit. You know, I didn't realize. So I don't know. Maybe she's just a little com- uh, more comfortable at assuming different things like that. I don't know. So we're headed back to uh, Deer Valley. We're over the northwest practice area. I uh, call up Luke Approach. We're coming back from the Wickenburg area. I call up Luke Approach and get them on, and then they transfer me over to another part of Luke Air Traffic Control, and I forget what it is. Uh, but there's apparently uh, uh, F-16s in the area. They're probably using Ox-1 or Ox-2. I forget what it is. I think Ox-1. It's one of the old World War II bases that um, – Still has an active ILS that they shoot approaches at. They don't. Uh, no one lands there. It's just for shooting approaches. But anyways, um, so this is kind of cool. I'm on with them, and um, shortly after I'm on with them, they they, they say uh, Archer four uh, Archer three five four Mike Alpha. You have a flight of two at twelve o'clock. I look up and here's two F-16s dead ahead, nose to nose with me, and they're like maybe. 500 to 800 feet over my head, Shoom, right over me. It was the coolest thing ever. Um, so that was the first time in the two and a half hours I was out flying with her that my, I had a smile on my face. <laughs> um, so anyways, that was really cool. I'd, I, 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 if I wasn't with her, I would have probably found a reason just to stay out in that area to goof around to watch the jets fly by. Um but uh, anyways, that was that was pretty cool. So then we uh, head back into Luke. Uh, we I get Atus and then switch over to Tower, and I'm about um I don't know twelve miles out or something like that. And I call them up and they don't say anything back to me. It's real busy. Um, I call them up. I and and at this point, I'm getting a little bit closer. I might be eight miles out. And I, I'm slowing down, and I'm and I'm starting to uh, oh, I'm slowing down, and she grabs the throttle again and moves it up a little bit and said, "Let's go, let's go." I'm like, I'm not gonna bust bust Bravo for you here. They have not allowed, they have not said anything for me to come in yet. All right, and so I and so I call them back, and they and then they said, uh, Archer for Mike Alpha, stay outside of Bravo until contacted. I'm like, okay. I slow down and then I start doing um, figure eights out there. Um, and I was following two different. There was a King Air I, ahead of me, and another King Air went in front of me another direction while I was sitting out there waiting. Uh, they were real busy, and then they. And I called them back up after uh, one and a half figure eights, and I and I just said, uh, "Deer Valley Tower Archer three five four Mike Alpha is still waiting to enter the airspace uh, for landing on seven right." And uh, then they uh, gave me clearance to bring it on in, and, and uh, I landed, and, and that was that. Um, so anything, anyways, after it was all done, she she was like, you know, um, we had a little, you know, about an hour of debriefing, and you know, she's like, oh, no hard feelings, and and if uh, you um, if you want to redo your check ride with a different DPE, no hard feelings, feel free to. And I go, oh, uh, uh-uh. uh. I said to her, I said. I said, I'm not about to go through this again 
with somebody else who has a different idea of how to start the airplane or has a different idea of how to um, um, leave the pattern. I said, I can follow instructions. I'll start the plane any way you want. I'll, 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 I'll climb like a homesick angel out of Deer Valley. That's not a problem. I said, I'm just doing the, way, doing the things the way I was taught. One of your friends, the instructor who I've been flying with for the last 50 hours. And, and what did what did she say during the debrief? What did she focus on? Was it just the maneuvers? Um, we went over pretty much all of it, um, okay. and and she was hammering hammering on me about the PTS, which I've read the PTS. I don't have it. I don't have them memorized like maybe she does. But uh, as far as as far as like the um, uh, my landings over at. Uh, over at Wickenburg, um, being too long and this and that, you know, it's, we went over pretty much the whole thing. But it was just the technical stuff. It, it, that was the that was what she was focusing on. Mm-hmm. Like versus what? Uh, I don't know if there was anything else that she wanted to to come after you um, about. You know, just it, in terms of getting distracted or, or things like that. No, I well, I just told her. I said, well, I, I said after after starting the plane and and uh, leaving the pattern, I I was really nervous, more nervous than I ever had been flying a plane. Um, I managed to do all of my solo cross countries as calm and collected as you could possibly be, and I had a great time doing them and uh, landed with ease every time. The plane was reusable, you know. I, and but uh, after you got on me about those those two things, I. I couldn't stop thinking about what I had just messed up on, and I just told her, I, you know, and so it just messed with my head a little bit. So, anyways, that that was that. She wrote my pink ticket um, for for the areas of uh, discrepancy or whatever you call them, um, and um, all I got to do is 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 redo those. Uh, you don't, you, you know, whenever you fail, you don't have to redo the whole thing from scratch. You just have to cover the things that uh, uh, were uh, deficient. Right. So that's good. And next time, you know, I'll keep climbing as, as, uh, just like I'm, I'm climbing out of, um, climbing out when I, when you first take off. I'll make my turns and just keep climbing. Um, and I'll, for the record, uh, we we do do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot that of that is how I was taught, but. I'm sure a lot of people yeah. do. I'm not. I'm sure she's not making it up. Um, it would just be really nice if my instructor and her were on a similar page to where I was hear, I, hearing it from my instructor every time we were in the plane together. Yeah, but I, I think that's one of those things too, where it, it'd be more of like a suggestion, like, "Hey, here's another." Because I don't know, that's just how my DPE DPE did it. Yeah. Like stuff like that would be more of a, "Oh, you're not climbing." Okay, well, you could do that. You know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something. Yeah, it's not something that's uh, that I'm doing wrong. It's just my particular technique. Yeah. Um, but the way she says it to me is like it just makes me feel like I was an idiot. Um, more and maybe it's just her her German accent getting to me. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like Schultz. I know nothing. <laughs> John might not be familiar with that reference. I have no idea what you I just didn't did. Think so. That's awesome. <laughs> that is just no end of awesome. I know nothing. Yes. Yeah. So, anyways, I haven't flown since that day till yesterday, which feels like forever. 
Um, that's yep. that's a while. It is, huh? And shorter than me. <laughs> so I went and uh, I went and, and flew yesterday. I just uh, did uh, uh, some uh, some touch of goes and stuff just to you know shake the rust off, as Mark likes to say. Um, and then I plan on. And then I was plan. I actually thought in my head, "Hey, I'll fly Friday. I'll fly Saturday, and then I'll retake it on Sunday." But I realized yesterday that that was not a good plan because I I need to uh, think about these um, the maneuvers and stuff that I'm going to be redoing, etc. Um, and and fly just a little bit more. So my plan, I. I called off to this uh today and i'm gonna fly tomorrow morning with jackie and then i started a new job and uh, we're going on an all-staff retreat um monday tuesday and wednesday we're going up to williams arizona so when i get back like i'm gonna fly with jackie uh that next saturday and then plan to retake it on sunday so that's that's the plan so anyways, tomorrow when I see Jackie for the first time face-to-face after doing this, and I haven't even really debriefed her over the phone about it. We haven't even talked about it over the phone. Um, I will go over uh, those particular things um, with her, and I'm not mad at her. It's, uh, it's, just, it's just the way she's taught me, um, and... You know, I just let her know for her future students that Bruni wants it done this way for this particular plane, um, as as far as the start procedure. You know, um, and so I told Bruni, I, I said, okay, I'll keep uh, the the um, checklist in my lap and I'll start with my left hand and hold the throttle with my right the whole time. You know, and I understand the surging thing. As a matter of fact, I even saw a NTSB report about that. Uh, Two weeks ago, which I thought was funny because it had the word surging, so it so it caught my eye. Um, someone in a 172 started their plane and it started surging, surging, and um, the plane started rolling or whatever. And the guy turned and ended up clipping another plane. Um, I I don't know why he didn't uh, pull the throttle and the uh, mixture back to full lean and hit the brakes, but he wasn't on the brakes because the brakes worked. But even if, hmm. as long as the brakes work, who cares about surging? Because during run-up, I bring it up to 2,000 RPMs. It doesn't go anywhere. During a, a short field takeoff, I have it at full throttle for a couple of seconds before I take off, and it don't go anywhere. The, um, the plane should sit firmly where it's sitting at full throttle forever if the brakes work properly. Well, try doing that on ice. <laughs> well, that would be damn difficult <laughs> in Phoenix. Uh, that's all I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I've had I've had planes start moving on me when I was doing my run up because I was on ice. I bet. Yeah, I could I could totally I could totally understand that. I don't think I've had that happen. So, right. anyways, yeah. that's ouch, man. Yeah. That's, yeah. What do you What do you walk away from it with? I mean, what's um, what are what are your takeaways from the from the whole f- uh, experience? I I don't respond well to maybe that type of uh, um, talking back or whatever you want to call it. I, if someone was more calm in the way they presented themselves to me, um, I think I would have done better. 
I, and the reason this comes to mind is because my buddy Todd went through his whole instruction of like a hundred hours it was before he got his license, but he had an instructor that that cussed at him while they're flying, and I don't. I told him I I couldn't handle that for very long. Um, it would. I would be finding another instructor. I, I wouldn't be putting up with it. And although she never cursed at me or anything like that, it was just her tone and the way she was coming at me made me mm-hmm. feel, you know, like I was unsafe and stuff. And and so, anyways, um, I was I wasn't as prepared as I thought I was. That was for, that's for sure. And that's what I learned by not trying to rush it again. And go Friday, Saturday, and then retake it tomorrow. Um, I knew in my head, although that's what I really want, the right thing to do is to uh, be more calm about it. There's no hurry. It'll happen um, when it happens, and I'd rather be more prepared this next time. So I was a little, I was a little over overconfident in my flying, um, and uh, wasn't prepared for what you know what could be. I guess. So now that I know what she's looking for, um, I'm sure things will go quite a bit differently. I Yeah, I'm sure it will too. I think um, listening to that, I think maybe one of the biggest things to take away from it is that getting distracted in an airplane is a really bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what uh, happens in a real emergency, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what happens when your kids are in the back and they're crying uh, and your wife is in the right seat and is really upset and saying, "Get this on the ground, get us on the ground." And yeah, unplug their mics. <laughs> you, oh, hit yes. the, you hit the pilot isolation switch. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for noise canceling headphones. Hey, John. <laughs> uh, except they don't take out voices. <laughs> uh. Man, if if they took out voices, I'd just wear them at work all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're hey boss. You're, you're trying right. to talk to me. Yeah, no, can't hear you. And some of that's going to come with, you know, years of experience, etc. You know, it's, and that's why they say after you got your license, you have a license to learn because now you've got the the basics down. You've got what it takes. So you understand the rules and so forth. Now get out there and and um, and 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 make it feel like it's driving a car. You know, yeah. If you could handle the situation driving a car, then. You know, make it that 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 uh, uh, comfortable for you in an airplane too. So that when when you were talking and when you mentioned the debrief, what I was wondering is if she was going to say that she was intentionally trying to distract you. Oh, oh, that that reminds me. <laughs> um, in uh, when I when I was doing my uh, hood work, um, and she was doing unusual attitudes and having me come back out of them. You know, one of the things she did was pull the circuit breaker for the alternator. And, um, so, oh, wow. So, so she, uh, she goes, okay, it's your plane. And, uh, I look up and I grab the plane, I get it into a level attitude and I look over and I push the circuit breaker in. I don't say anything. I just keep flying. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Um, I, I would have, that would have been hard for me to catch. I might've seen the, I might've seen the light on the, the annunciator. annunciator panel. Yeah. Yeah. I actually noticed it popped. Um, 
just peripherally. I just noticed it was over there, popped out, so I figured she pulled it. Um, and she did she did praise me for that after we debriefed. Um, she said that was good. Um, what else? There was... Uh, oh, I kept checking her seatbelt, grabbing it <laughs> to see if she has un- un- undone it while we were flying and after we were getting ready to land just to make sure she had it on. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's a good one. Yeah. I do that with everyone I fly with. <laughs> I am I am adamant about them yanking on that thing. <laughs> but I mean in flight once you're once you're uh, post takeoff. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. No, cuz um never it's, it. No, it's part of the uh the the pre-landing checklist. So, uh, after takeoff I won't check it until pre-landing, but when we're coming in to the airport, That's gumps. there's a about it's part of the gumps, yeah, and I say take give it a good tug. I check it as soon as we get in, before we start the plane, uh before the uh during the run up, we'll check it. And then on the the pre-landing, the gumps, yeah. Good and I make sure they give it a good a good yank. And the seat too. Give give a good uh, wiggle on the seat. Make sure it's clicked in. Yeah, that I always do. So, anyways, that's that. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I'll have uh, better information to uh, to report back uh, in a couple weeks. You'll get them next time. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. I uh, since then I've I've flown um, that. Uh, that section again um, in uh, Flight Simulator, and I know exactly what my landmarks are supposed to look like this time. <laughs> I should have uh, outstanding. I should have done that ahead of time. It would have it would have actually helped me. Yeah. <clears throat> I picked uh, I, I specifically, and I even told the DPE this. I picked a route that would take me where I've already flown. Makes oh. sense to me. Mm-hmm. And and he was like. That's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you already know the area. Uh, and I was like, I wanted to make sure my first few checkpoints were somewhere I'd been so I could get up, get situated, and then, you know. Yeah. I, I'm used to even flying out this way, but uh, uh, this DPE asks our instructor, what airports has he not been to or has he or she not been to yet? And chooses that for your uh, for your route. So uh, my... Uh, my homework was to create a route from Deer Valley to Wickenburg and and then Wickenburg to uh, Prescott, picking up a uh, – uh, with her and then picking up a 200-pound passenger. We also have 80 pounds of luggage um, when we leave Deer Valley. So picking up a 200-pound passenger and then going to uh, uh, Flagstaff. Does the plane handle that? And so um, that's that's the question, right? Is will weight and balance will that fit? And it happens to be just on the cusp of legal. And I told her, although this is legal and within the CG, I wouldn't do it. And she says, "Well, why not?" I says, "Well, just basically because of uh, density altitude. Um, based, you know, once we leave Prescott, um, you know, I." I I, I'm not. I'm, I might be able to get a hundred to 150 foot a minute climb at best, and and I got to climb to to get up to a, a Flagstaff. No thanks. Um, I would. You know, e- either the luggage has to stay or you have to get out. You ch- your choice. <laughs> the luggage has to leave or you have to leave. I mean, one of you, one of you two. 
And she goes, okay, that's a good decision. So, but yeah, that was just on the cusp of what would work. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's good, good work. Um, but, uh, on a, on a colder day, that would have been fine, but it's just, it's just too hot right now for that. So anyway, anyways, on to, uh, Oshkosh Air Venture 2011. How much fun was that? I don't remember it. Too much weed. <laughs> You're going to be getting a nasty gram from the FAA soon, John. I know. Oh, between that and the security people. Someone had to buy a case of it, though, didn't they? Yeah, well. That's Wisconsin, after all. Wow. But, um, oh, man, so much happened that week. That was such a long week. It was awesome, but it was a long week. Mm-hmm. Man, what I, a long drive. I had a I had a great time and was uh was there after after the party had got started but uh and only there for a few days. But you know, like you, um um you 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 flew in um day one, was it? Me? Yeah. Uh yeah, I landed Monday morning. I flew in at uh it was probably wheels down at well, it was a lot sooner than I had anticipated. It was probably nine thirty. Cool. Walk us walk us through uh, uh, flying in and and uh, and and how that worked for you and and the pattern and the traffic and everything. Oh yeah, it was it was very interesting. I uh, uh, set a personal uh, ground speed record in an Archer, one hundred and fifty six knots, <laughs> uh, and that was not in the descent. That was in level flight at uh, seven ridiculous seven thousand five hundred feet. We had a nice big push. Which is why we got there so early. Was um, it smooth? Yeah, it was glass, glass smooth. See, the only time I've ever gotten a plane at that speed with the tailwind is in like really bumpy, really, really windy <laughs> conditions. I I have a I have a picture of my instrument panel of me doing that while I was um, while I was uh, um, uh, I was going across Bravo. Um, over uh, over uh, Phoenix Sky Harbor on the way back to Deer Valley. I had a heck of a tailwind and was doing 150, 151 knots, something like that. And yeah, it, but I it was smooth it. there at the time, and it was really cool. Yeah, I got a, I got it a lot higher than that in the descent. <laughs> um, but I was a little busy because my kid had just thrown up. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh poor guy. So talking about being dist- distracted in an airplane. Uh-huh. Um, he hit the bag Good. the first time, <laughs> oh. and we intentionally didn't give him much for food on the in the you know uh, in the morning. Um, but uh, uh, he still he managed to get a little messy, and he was pretty upset. Um, so you know, talking about getting distracted in airplanes. Yeah. So I've got my my upset crying kid in the right seat as I'm approaching Ripon, which is the start of the. Start of the approach, the Fisk approach, um, and so at Ripon you need to be down at eighteen hundred feet, right? Eighteen hundred feet, um, and then you you get into the you you're supposed to just get into sequence, uh, half mile spacing. So it's what is that twenty five, twenty six hundred feet apart, um, which isn't particularly far. It's probably as close as you'll fly to another airplane um, outside of formation flying for any length of time uh we so 
it, you know, I kind of got him under control and I'm dealing with it and I'm flying the airplane and, and navigating and all that kind of stuff. And I'm approaching uh, Ripon and I'm like, okay, here's Ripon. I'm looking around all over the place trying to make sure I can see uh, everything that I need to see. And there's a, there's a whole bunch of planes that are coming in from the south. And so, okay, I've got them in sight and we start merging over Ripon and, and following the railroad tracks that you're supposed to follow up to Fisk. And I am almost right next to another plane. Um, I'm within 100 feet. And so, okay, I'm just going to peel off. And so I do a 360 at 1,800 feet, and I come back around, and I'm getting myself positioned, and another plane, uh, Cessna 172, pull, it pulls in front of me. Um, and it, it's exceedingly unlikely, if he was paying attention at all, that he's not watching me do the whole 360. Um, but nonetheless, he pulls in front of me, but he's about 1,000 feet out. And at this point, I'm like, well... Do I want to do another 360 and be out here that much longer in in a very congested airspace, or am I just going to you know basically slow down a bit and and get some more room? Now, if I had it to do over again, I would I would take the the second 360. Um, but in any case, I, I I was where I was, and um, so I'm trying to slow down. Uh, you know, we're supposed to maintain 90 knots and 1800 feet. Uh, so they want a nice constant airspeed, and I'm trying to slow a little bit up to give myself some additional spacing behind this guy. And he is going all over the place. His speed is fluctuating. His altitude is fluctuating. He's just flying all over the place, and I'm like, oh, great. Um, that was me so, in front of you. <laughs> so we get up. In a 172. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we pull up to Fisk, and that's where you first start talking to the approach controllers. They're down on the ground with binoculars, and they're looking at you. And uh, they call the plane in front of me, and then they call me. And, uh, you know, rock your wings. Okay, I do the big wing rock. And he says, okay, um, I want you to slide to the right of the railroad tracks and basically pass this guy. (laughs) Like, okay, works for me. Uh, So I slide right and open up the throttle a bit and the guy speeds up (laughs) he's upset that i'm passing him (laughs) he's not listening to any of this or what yeah i don't know i don't know what he's doing and so okay um eventually i'm like well we're cleared we're going to be landing on on uh two seven and which means that he's going to be making all right turns and i do not want to be on his right side when this starts happening so I eventually maneuver my way. He accelerates, and so I let him go. I go to 90 knots, and I maneuver my way behind him into his left. So I'm kind of on his 7 o'clock. And he makes the turn, and he just hits the brakes um, and starts to descend on the downwind. Why is he descending on the downwind? Only he knows. So I'm like, I'm trying to not fly over the top of him because if I get on top of him, I can't see where he is anymore, right? It's the mm-hmm. classic yeah. you know, low-wing plane lands on top of high-wing plane yeah. uh, kind of kind of scenario. So I'm, I've am i got the throttle at 1,500. I've got two notches of flaps in, and I'm holding 1,800 feet. <laughs> so I'm going about 60 knots, you know, just puttering along and uh, – trying desperately to not get over the top of the sky. And eventually I just move left. He comes back up to pattern altitude 
And now we're flying next to each other, and we're at we're at the numbers. Oh <laughs> so, man! So the the tower controller there's a tower literally right next to the threshold of the runway. He clears the Cessna to land, and I'm so happy because he turns base and just goes. And then he tells me to do a 270 to the left, and then come around and make that my base leg. Um, so I do my 270, and and everybody's happy, and a this guy comes in to land and they clear him for the green dot, which is halfway down two seven. Um, and there's a jet that comes in that announces that he's on a four mile final over Lake Winnebago. And so they're okay. You're clear to land. And they clear me number two behind the jet. Uh, great. Mm. So the jet comes in. It's a small, like a, it's just a personal jet comes in and lands. The, Cessna is still on the runway, and he's slowing down and looking like he's going for a taxiway. And they're telling him, "No, you have to turn left into the grass. Turn left into the grass." And like on the fifth time, he finally gets it, and he turns off the runway. I'm saying he, but who knows? I have no idea who this person was. I could, I only got a really good look at the person in the right seat. <laughs> um, you didn't get the tail number. I didn't get the tail number. <laughs> so. So the jet lands. They clear me to land. Uh, then on two seven, I'm clear to land runway two seven. Great. I'm doing my thing. I've you know fifteen hundred RPM, one notch of flaps, two notches of flaps, turn final, three notches of flaps. I'm just about to start my flare, and then they say clear to land on the green dot, <laughs> <laughs> which is half a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am, three notches of flaps, doing my go around. And then, but it's not a go around because I have to pull back on the throttle again and reestablish a glide slope and try to hit this dot. Well, I hit the dot. I hit the dot pretty hard. <laughs> you left big black marks on the dart on the dot. Yeah, my son commented. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, "Wow, that was hard." <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, you know, the airplane wasn't bent and and everybody was okay, and we were on the ground. And uh, the the folks on the ground, uh, you know, turn off into the grass, and the and everybody on the ground was so fantastic. They've got cadets from the Civil Air Patrol who are just directing you based on where you're going. You know, if you've got, uh, I had GAC for General Aviation Camping posted up in my window, and so they're telling me exactly where I have to go and routing me everywhere. And I get to the row, and they you know, turn me to go up the row where I'm going to park and, and ultimately camp. And they've got a guy underneath the wing of the plane next to where I'm going to be to make sure that I don't bump his wing when I make my turn in and, and um, you know, get lined up in the in the row where I'm going to be parked. Uh, and everybody was just so professional and so nice to work with. Uh, I can't can't say enough about uh, about all the volunteers that were doing all the aircraft direction. They came right up afterwards and were giving me a map and telling me where to go to register and um, every piece of information that I could possibly need. Uh, they had it all. It was really, really nice. Um, Good deal. I would, I would say that if you are a new pilot, this is probably not the thing for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, is, it is the busiest airspace in the world. And you are going to be put in situations where you are not comfortable and you cannot afford to get distracted. You have to be flying the airplane first. Uh, and, um, you know, I was, I was able to do it and, it and it turned out fine. 
Uh, like I said, there are things that I would do differently if I had it to do over again. And uh, and I've been flying for 15 months since I took since I passed my check ride. You know, I've I've been doing the license to learn thing. Um, if you're you know, student pilots are not allowed at all. Uh, they're banned by NOTAM to come into Oshkosh during the during the traffic management program. But you know, even if you've you've just gotten your ticket or something, this go someplace else. You know, get get a little bit of experience, get some more hours in, get comfortable. Um, you know, make mistakes in an environment where they're not going to be so costly, and uh, and then you know, by all means, uh, you know, when you feel like you're very comfortable controlling the plane, um, managing complex scenarios, keeping your head outside, uh, by all means, come on in. Uh, but but until then, just remember, you know, this isn't a, a trivial undertaking. So Good point. There's my there's my arrival story. <laughs> And there you were. There I was, safe on the ground. And pitched the tent and and headed off to the show. And your son was thrilled to be on the ground. Yes, he he was he was already laughing at this point. He was telling everybody about how he threw up all over himself. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know the pain. Of course, I was in control of the airplane both times I did it. So. <laughs> I don't know what y'all are talking about. Yeah, iron stomach over there. So, and then uh, I do, however, I do, however, keep an airsick bag with me. Yeah, I and I always put it in the pocket next to where the passenger is. When um, the week before we went to Oshkosh, I was on vacation with my family in uh, Colorado. We were in Denver and Springs, and uh, um, I got my whole family to give me all their airsick bags that was in front of them. I bought a ten pack from Sporties. <laughs> no, I, I did. I did nab one from a Southwest flight, and that's the one I have. So I got I got four or five uh, four or five of them now in in my bag, restocked. Hopefully, won't have to be using those. They can collect dust for all I care. Yeah, just don't eat any uh, cheesesteaks or something. Yeah, yeah, no Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> Not a good idea when it's extremely turbulent outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then John, you, you, sh- you showed up on what day? Um, let's see here. I left my house Friday night. Um, and I got there though midday, um, on Saturday before the show. Um, so I was there pretty early spent, um, you know, Saturday afternoon, uh, just chilling with everybody being, Probably um, in a lack of sleep induced, um, you know, zombie mode, basically drunkenness. <laughs> um, and then, um, did we, you know, some um, what was that? Did we not have the the coolest camping area of all? So I got there before everybody was there. First of all, yeah, it had been it had been. Let's see, Marty. Uh, pilot to be on Twitter was there. Mart, um, Air Pigs, and then um, Larry Overstreet. And uh, Larry and Mart had been up there about a week before to um, kind of stake out the the place. And I think Larry had just been camping all week. So when I got there, it was just them. Um, Larry's been doing then, like, this at- with his family for umpteen years, I guess now. Yeah, a long time. He's a he's a and he's a Asha veteran by far. 
Well, so has Mart. Yeah. Mart's been to been coming since he's been coming for a long time. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Uh he's got like thirty seven, thirty eight under his belt or something like that, I think. Wow. <laughs> it, it's a lot of Oshkoshes. But um and and he can correct us on that. But I, I know he's been to a, a bunch of them. But um, so you know, I kind of showed up. It was a big, empty area, and then more people showed up, and more people showed up. And I think by Monday it was packed. Uh, we had the My Transponder uh, RV there. Um, uh, Adam Fast and, and uh, uh, Pilot Stew um, came in with a with an RV. Uh, that they had rented, um, put that on the, on the lot. Um, the down, uh, the guys from down under came up with, uh, David Vanderhoof. They were, uh, had a ginormous tent that they had no idea how to set up. <laughs> yeah, um, it wasn't a trick. <laughs> oh no, it was hilarious. It was a brand, watching. brand new Taj Mahal of tents, wasn't it? Yeah. And and it was a ten person tent, and like nobody had any idea how to put this thing together. It was hilarious. <laughs> so what? Tell them the you, tell them the story behind that, how that worked, how they ended up with the tent and everything. So well, so they're they're coming in from from Australia, obviously, um, and uh, they're not going to pack a tent with them on the airplane and stuff. So they who they who they asked to go get them a tent, David. David. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Then they then they were just like you know and and whoever wants it after we're done can just have it because we ain't taking it back with us so so they just it's they, 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 it'll be back at the next Oshkosh yeah yeah it has entered the rotation of of coming back um maybe we you know there's maybe we can maybe if I, I hopefully can talk my whole family into coming with me next year we'll we'll rent it <laughs> from who? yeah so um. But we had a ton of people there, and it, it was just awesome being being with everyone. It was uh, it was the Camp Bacon, um, uh, my transponder firebase is another name for it. Uh, just if you were in social media, you were probably staying there, mm-hmm. type of place. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting a lot bigger section next year, as long as we can get people to. Pitch in for the extra week so that we can kind of go up and stake it out. You know, people can go up and stake it out the week before, and then, you know, for everyone who's paid extra, we yeah, a really big area. So and we, yeah, I would I would definitely want to stay down there. I think both for me and and I think Aiden had a great time Monday night when we were down there. Yeah, um, I mean, if I flew in, I would totally fly in, park it, and then camp in Camp Shoulder. <laughs> to be honest. Right. Yeah. No. I could have gone to GA parking, and I and I should have. I'm kind of kicking myself that I that I that we did GA camping uh, instead because it, obviously there you have no control unless you come in in a flight of two or three. You have no control of where you're going to be. Who's around in yeah. the campground? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to yeah. put you where there's a spot. And we were also yeah. directly catty corner next to one of the um, Wi-Fi huts. So from our from our campsite, we had Wi-Fi all week too. We were just uh, you know, that didn't do too much for me. It, but I was on Verizon, so everybody on AT and T was complaining the whole time about how crappy their service was. Well, I meant I meant just Verizon up, didn't I have any meant, issues. I just meant straight up Wi-Fi, not not uh, cell service. 
because I didn't, yeah, but I mean, I, 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 didn't, I have I didn't use my AT and T cell service at all. I I was I just stayed on the on the free Wi Fi. I, uh, I use my good. I use my cell a lot. Yeah, but well, the nice thing too is you were also about um, oh one block away from the showers in the entrance. That's right. Uh, the one that's by the red barn mm-hmm. which was just awesome. It was walk a block and man, you're in the the grounds. Mm-hmm. And and coming from last year where I was at seventh. Um, I think it was at 7th Street last year. Yeah, you showed me where you were last year. In Lindbergh. So for, for people who have never been, you're not going to get a sense of the scale without going. There's just no way that we can describe it. But um, it goes from what? 1st Street to 69? Yeah, everything's everything's laid out on a grid and has street names on it. Just like a regular street, but it's just you know it's grass areas with streets running in between and yeah the blocks are a lot shorter but than a, than a regular block would be but it yeah it's very large mm-hmm. I, we ended up when we went back to uh, to the north forty after we left uh, your your uh, camping area on Monday night you know the the buses were running. And that got us to the showgrounds, but then the the trams were not running, so we had to hike it from you know two thirds of the way down eighteen twenty uh, eighteen thirty six all the way up to two seven, uh, and we ended up hitching a ride. Some kind soul uh, from the media stopped and picked us up and gave us a ride up to the. Uh, to where we could uh, grab a bus um, that would take us around the North Forty uh, to where we needed to go, but it was uh, it was a very very long ways away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at nine at nine o'clock at night when we left, it was ten o'clock before we got to the tent. Um, with the little guy, it was it was pretty challenging navigation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we did a, a pretty big walk. We'll, we'll get to that on. A... <sighs> Oh, that was great. But any um so yeah, I mean just the the sheer size of this place is just insane. And um so let's see where was I? I'll just go through each each, each day really. Um um Sunday was you know, the show hasn't officially opened yet, but for most people it kind of has everybody's getting there. It's a big arrival day. Um, I ended up going to the Sonex open house over um, on the other side of the field. So I drove over there and, you know, hung out with uh, Larry Overstreet and his family and just a bunch of Sonex builders. Uh, I really want to build one of those. And after seeing the One X, I'd love to have one of those too. Um, just need to convince the girlfriend to fly in it. You got to stop working on Saturdays, Bale. <laughs> no, no, you got to work more of them. <laughs> yeah, I've already started working on Saturdays, and, and then yeah. and then stop you after get you got paid. the money. <laughs> yeah, you got to get paid for working on Saturdays. Then, well, I, I did. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, I got paid for my four and a half hours today. Um, Double time is nice. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really want to build one. Um, so that was that was really cool. Um, getting to go see where their you know headquarters are, seeing what they're building, seeing what other people have built, the different stuff they've done with it. Um, that was really cool. 
Uh, that was pretty much all I really did on Sunday. Just a very lazy day. Now are you sold uh, on the, on that Sonics jet? <laughs> the, no, the Sonics with I the little bet. jet engine. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one. I don't think I, I don't think that has very much range, but it looks like fun. Um, it probably has range, but you got to bring a you know a face mask because it's not pressurized and it in order to get the range you probably have to get up to flight level you know two nine or something <laughs> i'd love to see that in that little thing um <sighs> kind of reminds me of the little bd5 jet yeah james bond so that was sunday um a monday the show officially started um I kind of started out just walking around a little bit and then uh, got the tweet from um, uh, Brad uh, to head up and and meet with you. And then what the hell did we do? Uh, We spent the whole day at KidVenture. That's right. We walked over to KidVenture. Yeah, you were very indulgent. Um, My my son fell in love with the C-47 at KidVenture. Yeah, but, you know, I fell in love with the shade of the wing. Yeah, no, that's that's a nice plane. (laughs) It's a low wing, but you can sit under it. <laughs> I can almost stand under it. It was nice. Yeah, it was a sunny day. It was nice to get under the wing of that aircraft. Yeah. Um, next time, next year, I will be a little smarter and take a recorder with me because we could have gotten a, a podcast out a daily or something during that time. Oh, yeah, that's true. Easily, yeah. And I, I, I learned by... Thursday to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, this was this was a big learning experience throughout the week on on how to do social media and not get so overloaded. You don't do anything. Yeah, we should have been uh, observing the pros that were there that were doing that, and we were just like doing our own thing. And then we got to thinking about it. Yeah, why aren't we podcasting any of this? <laughs> Well, I wanted to, but I, I was so thinking about when we get back, we'll do it. We'll sit down and we'll do it. But then at that point, we're getting drunk offline at Google, so that's not going to happen. <sighs> yeah. So you know, it, it would was... be a very different program anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that was pretty much our Monday. It was just uh, hanging out with you, and then you came by the the um camp. The camp, yeah, and Aiden loved that. Just seeing the other kids and. And that was good because um, Dave Allen and that's um, Rod Rakick, Their daughters got along real well. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And they were playing like they were playing hard with uh, my son. Um, but then I, it, it was getting to the point where I would, if I didn't leave, then I would be carrying his sixty pounds all the way back to <laughs> the North Forty, and that would yeah. not have been pretty. <sighs> But no, the kid situation worked out really well. I mean, it was it was nice because they all they had each other and they could kind of just play and do whatever. We were talking uh, at work the other day. Uh, these guys that I work with, um, we, we all eat lunch together, um, and we go to this conference room and we pull up, uh, um, I don't know, the DVR or or Netflix, I think it is, and we're watching like season two of Top Shot, and um, that's what we do while we're eating lunch is watch Top Shot. You know, you know the you know the program. Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's uh, all these all these uh, people who claim to be you know expert marksmen in one way or another, and so it's a reality show where you're shooting 
some sort of weapon in in one situation or another, and to find out who's the best at it. So, anyways, I um I work in a church, and all these guys that I work with seem to have like AR-15s and um different caliber handguns and this and that and so that's cool and so we we were talking and, and we got on we got on the subject of flying a little bit and and um and I to, and I told them all I said and just so you know if anyone wants to go fly with me feel free to bring your weapons on board I don't really care I am the TSA when it comes to flying with me we just can't we just don't want to shoot them while we're flying <laughs> I I almost told my friend I was going to make him take his shoes off <laughs> Should should go on. You should go on eBay and buy some broken five dollar, you know, wand, and just put it, you know, bring it with you and take it out of your bag before you get to the airport and wand them. <laughs> Pretend to wand them. <laughs> wand them. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Beep, beep, There'd be some rather inopportune groping <laughs> incidents in there. I'm sorry. I think you qualify for the enhanced pat down. <laughs> Getting back to air venture. We still on we still on Monday. <laughs> yeah, so um, I haven't showed up. So yet. what else? I mean, <laughs> I'm still um, Brad. What else? What else did you get uh, get to do while you were there? Did you do anything on Tuesday? Uh, kind of more of the same. We we did Kidventure again. I, I had decided before getting there that this was pretty much my son's Oshkosh, as opposed yeah. to being mine. Um, and and so we did some more Kidventure stuff. Um. Which which was really fun, you know. He got to do some building, um, made a propeller, uh, got to fly some of the control wire aircraft. Uh, he didn't get to do the RC aircraft because in order to do the RC aircraft, you had to successfully take off and land from a sim, and that just wasn't going to happen for him yet. <laughs> uh, he's he's got a few more years before he's going to have that kind of 3D visualization thing going on. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, did more of the same. We we ended up. He got really tired by midday Tuesday, and so we decided that uh, probably the best thing to do was to depart a little earlier than we were anticipating, and that actually worked out pretty well. Um, we, uh, we packed up the tent. We we untied the plane. Um, you know, got everything packed up. Uh, I the there was no way that I was going to be able to haul the plane out of the line of camped planes that I was in into the into the and make the 90 degree turn in the grass by myself I ended up starting my plane uh right in the line of of aircraft so uh I had to start it up you know the the prop was pointing at the row behind me uh, and then power it up, get it moving, basically cut the power to idle to make the turn so I don't blow over the tents and all the gear at the planes next to me, uh, and then start the departure procedure. And the, the NOTEM is really good, except it really didn't specify any place that you should do a run-up. Um, and I think if I had it to do over again, I would do it in the in between the rows of planes, I would have done my run-up before I started taxiing out, but uh, it worked out okay. I was able to do it later uh, very, very quickly. And then we took off on runway 9, so 180 degrees off, um, and giving us a slight tailwind in the other direction. Uh, when does that happen? 
And uh, so lined up with three other planes on runway nine at the same time. Haven't done that before. Uh, then got cleared, uh, cleared number two uh, to take off and, uh, you know, departed. You stay 500 feet until you're outside of the class Delta, which you know, when you're departing on runway nine, you go straight over Lake Winnebago and you're puttering along at 500 feet going, man, I hope this engine doesn't quit. Man, I really hope this engine doesn't quit because <laughs> there is no oh. option at that point. You, there's no way you're making it back to land. Um, but we were fine and, and climbed out. And when we were 60 miles west of uh, Oshkosh, I turned on the transponder and uh, grabbed flight following and headed back uh Headed all the way back. Uh, Aiden fell asleep basically before we were at pattern altitude. <laughs> and he slept until we were on short final at Crystal. <laughs> really worked out great. Nice. Nice. <laughs> but he was wiped out. So it was it was good that we kind of left when we did. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that was my Oshkosh. It was much shorter than yours. <laughs> Yeah, you. Um, let's see. I was still there. Um, I had been there for four days at that point. <laughs> Chris wasn't there yet. Still working. Yeah. So I still had. I still had Tuesday and, and Wednesday, and, and Tuesday. Um, I don't remember what I did. I did something. I honestly have no idea. What did I do mm. Tuesday? Too much weed. There was Tuesday. No, I hadn't had I hadn't had the the weed yet. At that point. I think I think we have a show title. <laughs> I honestly cannot, for the life of me, remember what happened on Tuesday right now. Uh, I know Wednesday it rained, um, so that was a very lazy day. Uh, Wasn't unhappy we missed that, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I ended up going to see um, UCAP guys, and that's what kind of got me out and. Um, after their live show at the EAA Center, I, I went and walked around uh, Aeroshell Square because um, it stopped raining, so I finally got to see Beefy and all that. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, that's what happened on Tuesday. You walked around what? What square? Oh. Um, Can I buy Canoco a bow? Phillips. Yeah. Plaza. Plaza. There you go. <laughs> oh, whatever. This episode whatever. of the In the Pattern Podcast not brought to you by Conoco. Wait. Yeah, it's still Aeroshell Square to me. Um, no, but I, I remember what happened Tuesday. Tuesday, I, I didn't really go on the, the showgrounds as much. Um, I basically kind of stayed back and and hung out at the at the camp with everyone. Um, but that's the day Fifi arrived. Um, so we got good pictures of Fifi arriving. Got to see it on top of a hill right in Camp uh, Camp Scholler, which was really cool. Um, then Wednesday it rained, you know, and then I went out and, and took some pictures. And then... Uh, Went out to dinner with uh, Adam Fast, Twilight Fighter, uh, Fighter, Twilight Flyer, um, Gabriel, who does that Hangar Flying podcast, I believe is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, Pilot Stew went with us. A couple of Bill Will, um, one of the guys, one of the friends, Bill Will brought, and uh, it was. Uh, I think Marty went too, and that was a lot of fun. Um, just just being able to go out and hang out with everyone. And then I immediately left from there and went and picked up Chris at the airport. And then we got back at really, really late, yeah. like two in the morning. Mm-hmm. 
I, um, I think it's when we rolled in. My flight landed in uh, in uh, Milwaukee around midnight, and I called John after I landed. He was just uh, getting to the airport. I went outside. It was we flew through some uh, pretty good rain, and uh, and it was was it raining when you picked me up, or, or getting getting ready to or something like that, but. Uh, uh, it hadn't rained it at the show. It rained on the way down there. Yeah, but, and then it was, yeah. but but it had missed the show because we we drove through quite a bit of rain to, when we were getting back yeah. to uh to Oshkosh and uh, we got back to to uh, camp at yeah around two in the morning and uh, yeah. So I, I think the next few days we covered pretty good in the in the quick casts. Mm-hmm. But um. I mean, the real highlights was was getting getting to be able to just walk around, have uh, have you get to see the showgrounds. Yeah, um, I I had a blast just hanging out and meeting everybody. I had as much fun doing that as as just checking out the planes and the air shows and and um, the um, events going on and this and that. That as as far as trying to keep to my schedule that I'd made, not even close. I didn't manage to hit up. I don't think one single thing that that I plan to do. Uh, I uh, I think I finally did at the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> On Saturday, I, I made a point to hit two things. Yeah. Tell us how you, how what kind of a riveter you are. You're, you dude. I I I <laughs> I will be honest that there is still a mark on my finger. Is there really? Dang. Yes. That riveter got the better it's, of uh, you. Ouch. You're not supposed to yeah. rivet your finger to the aluminum. <laughs> no, it um, uh, I don't. It was the I don't even know what happened. All I know is it jumped, and then all of a sudden, my hand was pinched. Like my it hit my finger, and it wasn't bad. It just kind of like you know, I got like one of those little blood bubble things, and then it dried out. And there's still a mark on my finger, though. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, I, I'm still, you know, have some stuff left from Oshkosh. Maybe a composite aircraft would be better for you. <laughs> well, no, no. The the nice thing with the Sonics is they're all uh, they're all pull rivets. They're all the ones that you use the little handle, the squeeze thing. Pop rivets, yeah, basically. Pull, yeah. The pop ones. Yeah, yeah, the pop rivets. That's it. Um, or I think Cherry is the other one they call them. Whatever. So uh, there's actually no hard rivets unless you build the wing spar, and I would probably just have that pre-done. Because you can buy the pre-built wings bar. So I wouldn't have to do any of those type of rivets. Um, and I can use a drill and a, you know, a little pop rivet. So, Yeah, supposedly that's a pretty easy plane to put together. Yeah, especially the, the single-seat one looks like a lot quicker. One of the, yeah, one of the faster ones to get together. Which would be good for yeah. me because uh, I don't know if my patience for something like that would be good. I'd probably be one of those people that sells a partially built kit. So maybe I should be one of the guys who buys a partially built kit. <laughs> That's probably yeah. There you go. As long as I you would could, never see, I like the plane stuff, that I so. built. <laughs> as long as long as you could trust the work that was done prior to you getting it, which would be hard to do. That is the hard part. But there's a reason that guy stopped building. Yeah. <laughs> He got to the hard part. Uh, no, he got about he got about six months after the hard part and realized that he made a mistake, <laughs> and then he sold it to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
I really digged uh, getting to go on the uh, um, 787 during the media tour. Uh, that was a blast. Oh, that was awesome. Getting to go, sure wish I could have seen that. Getting to go first, and then and then did you see our, did you see our picture on the front page of the newspaper that day? I did see the picture. Yeah. Brad, did you see that? I didn't see it on the newspaper. I'd have to go back and look in the archives. No, the um, like. But I saw the pictures that you guys posted. Oh, yeah. okay. it, it was the Oshkosh Lane. Northwestern. Yeah. Or Northeastern or one of them. We're, we were in a great spot. It was spot. the Oshkosh paper. Yeah, it was, the, oh, cool. it was the local Oshkosh paper. And someone from up there took a picture from like the top of the stairs downward showing all the people. And there we are. There's me and John and and uh, Dave. It's the whole My Transponder, My Transponder group. Yeah. Social media people, yeah. We were all at the bottom of the stairs getting ready to get on this thing. <laughs> easily, easily recognizable. So that was really cool. I wish I could get my hands on a paper copy of that just to just to have uh, um, you know as a keepsake. You know, I was on the front page. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, that was cool. Um, I think we learned our lesson. Um, we will most definitely go for the media badges next year. Yeah, I definitely apply for them. Um, that I it was definitely a mistake. Um, I, I think we could have done a, a lot more with Oshkosh. Just yeah, that would have made more uh, sense. And um, I would just like to, you know, personally thank everyone for making me want to spend eight hundred dollars on a nice camera. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I haven't yet, but I, I, yeah, I really want a nice camera now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most definitely. I also really, really want to buy like a whole bunch of Sennheiser mics. But I made a mistake of looking up the price on those, and it's not they'd, they'd really like that too. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen anytime soon. But um, they uh, they were awesome though with with sponsoring the My Transponder Party and sponsoring the whole uh, it was them iCam and I believe Canon doing the um, the My Transponder RV the mobile studio oh, that was just awesome having that there. And, you know, the gear they were able to, to loan to us to use for the week. Um, yeah, if you had... That was just great. I wish we knew how to use it better with our... Uh, quick cast? Thing, which uh, turns out, yeah, it, it's... it's A lot of it is the recorder, but we, we probably could have adjusted the levels going into it, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we should have tested We'll, we'll definitely spend some time back. configuring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to get we got to get a Canon DLSR so we can get in on that. Uh, here, borrow a, a five hundred dollar, a thousand dollar lens for it for the day. Uh, well, yeah, that's I'm working on that one. That's awesome. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But overall, that was awesome. Um, just a great week. It was so great being able to meet everybody, um, meet some listeners. Uh, meet other podcasters and social media people. Um, just such a f- oh, awesome week. And yes, I had my first bit of the weed. <laughs> the Jeremiah weed. It's just if the government's listening to this, no, I'm not doing weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was some uh, weed pushers there for sure. Um, <laughs> Stephen Force. So, so. <laughs> Stephen Force. <laughs> What, what you got to share now? What's what's the weed like? 
it's not bad after you've had, uh, had a couple. It's of actually minutes. not as well. It's not as it's not as bad as I thought. Everyone was was gonna was saying it was. It's um, only hundred proof. I mean, that's not the good news is, no, is if you have le- if you have any have any in your plane and you run out of fuel, you could always put it in the tank because <laughs> it should run pretty good. How, do, how does that work? The eight hours bottle of <laughs> Is it just for you or is it for the plane? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it would burn. But, um, yeah. Well, I don't like I don't like bourbon to begin with. That's that's a good um, choice. It's a good it's, lifestyle choice. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I, I I like gin. I will drink tequila and possibly vodka, but I'm not a um, bourbon person, so it was gross to me anyway, but it wasn't as gross as I was expect- expecting it to be. I don't know. For some strange reason, I kept putting my cup back out there to get more. When Thursday night? I don't remember. Until it melted. <laughs> <laughs> the cup was melting. <laughs> That's I, funny. Yeah. Uh, I heard Thursday night everybody had a bunch, but I was already passed out drunk at that point. <laughs> I think I crawled into bed as soon as I started getting the spins, and I was like, uh, I think I'm done. Yeah, the My Transponder night, I, I come back, and yeah. y- you were already, like, knocked out in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the tent. Dude, I lasted for about 15 minutes once we got back well, before I, I started getting the spins. I was like, that's it, bedtime. You, you left before me. I didn't even know you had left to come back to the tent, and I came back, and, and, uh, the guys were sitting there hanging out in front of, uh, uh, Mike Miley's uh, RV and stuff. So I was like, "All right, I'm going to stay up." And we stayed up until about 2 a.m. Well, I, I had been sitting there. Oh yeah. But I, I started feeling bad, so I said, "I'm going to lay down and just hope I don't puke." <laughs> um, so I don't know any uh, any final Oshkosh impressions, thoughts. Um, I know me and Chris did cover a lot of the events that happened. Yeah. Thank, the quick cast, but thanks, thanks to Mike Miley for uh, letting us use uh, Home Sweet Road to hang out in during the day to cool off. Thanks to uh, uh, Mart and and Larry for for saving spots, you know, for that week. Yeah, that was. Um, that was I that I was really wish I had the money this year to. I really wish I had the money this year to drop the extra week's worth of stuff so we could have a bigger space, but. Uh, it just wasn't wasn't going to happen this year. So next year, that's my goal. I'm going to try to buy the two weeks worth of camping and uh, you know help expand the spot and get just a, a huge social media area. Just kind of take over Camp Shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I could fly out early and pitch the tent. Yeah. See if we could uh, see if we could um, start competing with the South Africans a little bit. <laughs> they got a road named after themselves. So really. And uh, I think we can we can get that done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what was cool is that um, when um, when the Dreamliner came in and we were getting ready to uh, to check it out with the media and stuff, uh, Dave Hirschman was with our group from uh, AOPA magazine, um, and uh, we were sitting there talking with yeah. him a little bit. I got a picture with him out in front of the Dreamliner, um, and and we were just talking to him. He goes, "Oh, I'll just uh, I'll come with you guys in." So we just kind of hung out with us and. And uh, got on the plane. Uh, I don't remember if he got on before or after us, but uh, that was cool to meet him in that situation. Yeah, it's 
so many people you meet there. Yeah, a few people. I think George Lucas yeah, walked by us. Yeah, well, because uh, he was in front of the plane, and a few people uh, from our group stopped and talked and got a picture with him. George Lucas. I never actually saw him. Yeah, me neither. But I saw the group go by, and I heard, like, apparently I was within, like, two feet of him and just had no idea. Yeah. Because he walked by us and then went up the stairs and went in. Oh, so he. But I missed that whole bit. So he he was in the he was in the Dreamliner at the same time as us, just up before up us. ahead of us. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That group that went before us, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I, I think the whole theme for the week was just the the social aspect of it. Um, you know, I keep hearing the whole, you know, you start coming for the planes and then you come back for the people and. Yeah. Th- that's becoming. So much more true with social media. Yeah, that that rings true for me big time. I w- like I said, I had as much t- much fun or more fun just hanging out with you all than than uh, than I did with the planes. You know, um, I see planes all the time. I think it's a tremendous, but but it's just as much fun to hang out and talk um, with everybody too. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So we'll need to go for a big. Well, if nobody has any other coordinated effort for it next year. Yeah, definitely. Well, if nobody has any other uh, thoughts on Oshkosh for the year, um, I think we'll probably about wrap up this episode. Yeah, just a big shout-out from me to all the volunteers. Um, you know, there are thousands and thousands of people who volunteer their time at AirVenture. Um, the guy who took, who registered uh, my son and I and got us our wristbands and got the plane registered and all that stuff was a guy volunteering from Alberta, Canada named Al. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you came from Alberta, Canada to Oshkosh, Wisconsin to volunteer at Oshkosh at Air, at Air Venture. How amazing is that? That speaks volumes. Yeah. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. That's just it. It's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing bunch of people. The volunteers and and just the attendees are just wonderful folks. Um, you know, everybody's really pleasant. Everything's really clean. Um, did you guys see like police while you were there? Well, mm. we, other than the ones you know that were you know beating on you with a club. Oh no 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 no! no. I, I saw there was the uh, there was the Blues Brothers. Oh yeah, the Blues Brothers and their and their they have a souped up uh, car with cool lights and great big megaphone on it or whatever. Yeah, it was a big megaphone on on top of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and they they busted through right at, right before Potapalooza. That was the only cops that I saw. It, well, there was the guys with the uh, no, actually, I, the R15s I, at the entrance. They were military, I think, or maybe they were just kind uh, of a uh, no. They might have been Civil Air Patrol too. With Civil, as I was thinking, no, they, they, had, they had Civil Air Patrol. No, they had guns. They had, they had oh, they had, they had sidearms. Yeah, they had AR-15s on them. Okay. So maybe yeah, they, they had National had Guard. Big gun. Maybe it was National Guard, but I didn't really see too many like on the inside. I don't remember right. seeing very many at all. Oh well. Right. So speaking of what you're talking about there, Brad, so that uh, that Wi-Fi hut that was just across from our our tents. Um, I literally went over there and plugged in my laptop and all my batteries and stuff for my for my cameras, and felt comfortable just leaving them there for hours on end and going back later to pick them up after they've charged. Because I was seeing other people doing it, and I'm like going, I know, 
this place is just, you know, everybody trusts everybody and no one's here to rip you off or whatever. And, and sure enough, I n- never lost a single thing. Yeah, don't let that get around. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it, we had lunch with or breakfast with uh, with Dave Pasco of of um, Live ATC. Thank you, Live ATC, and uh, got a great picture of somebody had brought to the restaurant where we had breakfast. This is off the field. Uh, brought to the restaurant where we had breakfast a power strip, and there were seven iPhone 4s plugged into it. <laughs> and they were it was outside the restaurant. Oh man. And it was out, outdoors. Uh, and so uh he took a good he took a picture of that. It was a pretty it was a pretty funny moment. It's like where else would this happen? Mm-hmm. Um but if they, just, you did that here it. it would it would last about 3 seconds and then they'd all be gone. Mhm. Yeah, love that part of it. Um so while we're doing shout-outs, since Brad jumped the gun on that. Sorry, man. No, that worked. No, that's cool. <laughs> I'm getting there. No, uh, I, I'm going to go with two right now. Just um, I can go over the rest of it in, in the next episode. Um, but just a shout-out to a friend of mine, Corey. Uh, he did his first cross-country solo um, probably a couple weeks ago, maybe right before Oshkosh. I forget now, but... Uh, he finally got got his first cross country solo out of the way, so uh, just congrats to him on that. Um, also, again, like a month and a half old, but we haven't recorded since then. But um, just uh, kind of the big thing before I went to Oshkosh was the whole space shuttle, um, kind of the end of that program, and that's very much in aviation space related. And I know a lot of aviation people are, are big in, in the space side of things as well so um just a shout out to everyone who's worked on that program and for making it what it was and um you know i really hope they can all find jobs because i know a lot of them these past couple weeks you know they're out of jobs now so i just really hope that uh, a lot of them can find some awesome jobs elsewhere and hopefully share a lot of the knowledge they have and get us to do some pretty kick-ass stuff like mars so like Mars? Mars. Let's go to Mars. <laughs> and not the supermarket. There's a Mars supermarket? Yeah, never heard yeah. of it. Yeah. No, they're they're out here. I've went up the road. But anyhow. Chris, any shout outs? Um Well, like like I, I said, Mike Miley and then and and Home Sweet Road. Uh, thanks for letting us uh, hang out and use that and enjoy your air conditioning and your refrigerator and so forth and flushable toilet. <laughs> and uh, and um, to uh, you know just Mart and all the guys from uh, Plain Crazy Down Under and and uh, uh, Dave and. Um, and all the guys from our from our campsite there, we just had such an incredible time. Um, who else? So Larry Overstreet and his family. Great, great, uh, great to meet everybody. I I had such such a good time. I'm gonna I'm gonna work like a salesman, like you've never seen, trying to sell my whole family on coming back next year. It's, if you uh, sell them, will will it make it easier to afford the trip? If I sell them on the fact that we need to go. No, oh, I thought you were just going to sell them. Oh, sell them? Yeah. Then, then he could get a plane and, yeah. and, and fly in. <laughs> My daughter's sitting here right next to me. She goes, why, why are you selling me? 
um, okay, so I'll wrap up the, the shout-outs. Um, all right, well, um, with that, then that will wrap up this episode. You can reach all of us at In The Pattern Podcast at podcast at inthepatternpodcast.com. On Twitter is In The Pattern. It's my transponder group for In The Pattern Podcast. And lastly, you can find us on iTunes as In The Pattern Podcast. You can reach me, John, at john at inthepatternpodcast.com or on Twitter and my transponder as Pilot Conway. Chris? Yeah, you can uh, find me at chris at inthepatternpodcast.com as well. On Twitter at uh, C-H-O-L-U-B-A-Z, that's C-H-O-L-U-B-A-Z, and uh, my transponder is also C-H-O-L-U-B-A-Z. And Mark? Yeah, you can find me at Mark at inthepatternpodcast.com, studentpilotmark on Twitter, and M. Lacoste on my transponder. Give us a shout. I'm Brad Kane. You can reach me on Twitter at uh, Bravo Romeo Alpha Delta Kilo Oscar Echo Hotel November. I am Kane, K-O-E-H-N, uh, on my transponder, and Brad at InThePatternPodcast.com. Lastly, if you'd like, you can leave us a text message or a voicemail. The phone number is 707-PCAST-01. That's 707-PAPA-CHARLIE-ALPHA-SIERRA-TANGO-01. Well, that wraps up this episode of the In The Pattern Podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Remember, make left traffic if you're cleared for the option. Network. The voicesinyourhead.com.